that is some um, some lively music to kick us off here today, Drive Through HR, <laughs> friends and family. Um, it is Tuesday, December 10th, and uh, welcome to our listeners to this week's episode, uh, live episode of Drive Through HR. I'm your host, Robin Schooling. Along with me is my uh, co-host and um, partner in crime, perhaps a little bit. I don't know. Uh, Mike Vanderhoor. Hey, Mike. Hey, Robin. Every I don't know if we've actually committed any actual crimes, although I'm about to with a left turn. Um, anyway, no, I, I, uh, I'm in my car. I plan to be out of the car, and I'm, I'm stuck in Atlanta traffic, so I'm in the Blog Talk Radio mobile command center uh, oh, talking yeah. on my handless car phone today. But outside of that, uh, I'm doing pretty well, and I hopefully will get out of this traffic jam here where it's just shopping center traffic. But Christmas Ugh. is apparently in the throes of being, you know, a frenzy right now. So otherwise, yeah. I'm good. And our guest, our guest is uh, here too. So let's get to her. Yes, our guest is here. So let's uh, let's kick off our show because this is going to be a fun and and uh, informative and lively discussion, I think. And uh, I just love talking to her whenever I get a chance to talk to her. So so thrilled she's here with us on Drive Through HR, and that is uh, Nicole. Garati, Nicole, hello. Hi, Robin. Hi, Mike. Um, I'm really excited to be here today. <laughs> it actually worked this time. We tried to do this show about a I don't know, three, three or four weeks ago, and Blog Talk let us, Blog Talk Radio let us down. We weren't able to get the episode to connect. So, thanks for giving us a second chance, Nicole. Yeah, of yeah. course. I, I know that right before we went live, we, you and we were all talking about that this is my first live show. So I feel like I'm less nervous now than I was three <laughs> weeks ago because I feel like I got like I I amped myself up enough where I was like, okay, I can do this, and then I was like, oh well, maybe soon. So this was like this is much better this time, I think. Yeah, oh. yeah. So we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed that it that technology holds up for 30 minutes. It should. So anyway. Robin, it it will it will so um so to so to kick us off um and this is this is the part where you get to talk about talk about yourself a little bit, Nicole, and and tell uh tell our listeners um you know a little bit about your background, how it is that you've come to work in um you know what we affectionately call the space <laughs> of HR and HR tech and recruiting and talent and sort of all these things we cover. Um, What brought you here? Yeah, so, all right. I had, like, a whole thing planned because I thought the question was going to be posed a little differently, so I'm going to just kind of (laughs) spitball here. So my background is in actually communications, and when I was straight out of college, I had an internship at one of my still today favorite companies, Ultimate Software, and up until that point, I had no clue what HR technology was. I literally had not given any thought to how people got paid or <laughs> got brought on onto companies or anything like that. So I, I came in as a, a really fresh intern and what, just started reading a ton of influencer blogs. So that kind of got me really familiar with HR technology, HR, the processes, and the people like uh, you, Robin, and Mike. And so that's kind of how I entered the world of um, – influencer marketing and HR at the same time. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, so really cool. So since then I have 
um, started uh, Social McCool and authored the most inclusive HR influencer list that we're here today. And um, I've built up or consulted on third-party marketing programs at several billion-dollar companies. And my background is in communications and also business. So I feel like it's kind of like a perfect mix of being able to do the world of business well, but also communicate with others in the same way. So a little bit about me. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I love that. um, I love that um, your entree into – into this sort of world and your your first step on the journey was as as a as a neophyte you know you didn't come in you didn't come in with really any preconceived notions of what what hr technology should do or what really what hr people are about and you know that's that's probably a plus in in many ways <laughs> because you learned it as you lived it yeah, and and I think I got to, because I didn't have any, like, prior notions, I got to kind of experience HR through the eyes of a bunch of different people through yeah. their blogs. So through yep. reading their, like, 100 different blogs every week, I was able to say, okay, well, you know, this is this person's approach to HR. Well, this is, you know, somebody else's approach to HR. And it may be the same and it may not, but I think it created yeah. kind of like a holistic view of this is what it is. And then I, I could say, okay, this is what it means to me, too. Mhm. Mhm. I love it. I love it. I, so let's. Um, I have a just. I have a. I have an offshoot question before we move on, Robin. Just just out of yeah. curiosity. So, McCoy, you said you came out. You came on board as an intern, right? Yeah. Yeah. So is is it is it the is it sort of the luxury of the intern life that allowed you? I don't mean it. I don't. I'm being. I'm not really being facetious, but like as an intern. You have stuff to do, but part of your, part of an intern's role is to learn on the job, right? So, is the luxury of reading a hundred blogs something that an intern, uh, you know, only an intern can do, or do you think? Do you think? Uh, and Robin, I'd be interested in your perspective on this question too. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think an HR professional can consume that much information in a week, or is that just something that comes with the privilege of having a learning position inside an organization? Just curious, random thoughts. I'll take this first, Robin, if if that works. Okay. Um, so for, for me, I always, I just think of learning and growing as a part of the job. Um, and I, I know that people like Steve Brown and Trish McFarland, they, they recently posted, hey, I need to get back in the community and figure out what everybody's talking about and who's talking mm-hmm. and, and catch up on some blogs. So I know it's not just an intern um, kind of thing. But I definitely felt like the internship allowed me to get my feet wet in a way that, you know, many people don't. Um, but I also think it's it's part of, you know, staying up to date in the market and what people are doing and, and growing as a professional and expanding your mind. I think that's something that everybody should be taking the time to do, whether it's, you know, an hour a month or whether it's an hour or 10 hours a week. Like it's just something that we should start incorporating as, as a profession and as a society learning into our, our daily work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Robin. I, uh, I, I, I agree. And I, you know, yes, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, when we, when we have people in, for example, internship roles where, yeah, the, the crux of that is learning, um, 
But the reality is, in, is everybody should keep learning. And I, I for years have, um, you know, kind of gotten on a soapbox sometimes with HR friends and peers um, who will, you know, tell me, oh, I just don't have the time. I just don't, I, I don't know how you can stay up on all these things. I just don't have the time. And I've always yeah. said, you need to, you need to make the time. It's like anything else. It, you you make the time, and and that could be. You're right. It's 15 minutes in the morning when you're drinking your first cup of coffee. It could be, you know, a couple hours at night if you really want to take a deep dive into blogs or white papers or or research or seeing what the analysts are talking about. So the information is out there, and I think, yeah, I think HR, you know, we're talking HR. I think HR professionals owe it owe it to themselves and owe it to their careers and owe it to their employers really to yeah to keep learning and, and i and, so. and the other point that i that actually made me think of that question is i think that's that's at least one of and we'll get in more about the list but i think that's one of the great values of lists like mccall's and many others that are out there in different you know shapes and forms is it gives somebody a, a jumping off point where they don't have to go and find yes. every voice yes. in the wilderness on their own right they can use the list filter it down, read a few blogs or whatever, and find those people that are relevant to them. And it's a great it's a great way to start that process. So anyway, sorry, I know yep. that wasn't on the, yep. the loose show script, but there you go. <laughs> well that gives us a good jumping off point because really what we what we um what we brought Nicole on to talk about is something that she kicked off um here several months ago and that is the um the most inclusive HR influencer list. So tell us um, what it is. What what is the list? Um, why did you create it? Um, how has it come to be? Yeah. So the um, so the list is a kind of space to identify and celebrate um, both emerging and more established, like uh, yourselves, um, influencers in the HR space. And it's not just, I've, I've had a lot of questions around, is it just for diversity and inclusion um, specialists or leaders? And no, it's not. It covers everyone from HR to recruiting, of course, DNI is included, to even employment mm-hmm. law and analysts and even um, even HR tech people and HR tech marketers. Like it really does focus on the holistic HR community and, and all of basically like let's learn and grow together as a whole industry, as opposed to just, um, you know, declaring this is, you know, one group of people that we should be learning from or not. So it's it's really comprehensive and holistic and it's actually also global too, because, there are, it features over 150 um, professionals across 15 countries in six continents. So really, uh. really cool. And yeah, so and how it came to why it was created was because so every time a list is published, most of them are like top 100 lists, and it's like been the same list for 10 years now. And right. some of the people <laughs> on the list, you know, I mean, some of the, let's be honest, like some of, some of the people on the list are now now retired; they're not even in HR anymore. Some right. of them have had their so removed themselves from the influencer community by deleting their social media profiles. They just decided it was you know they needed to unplug a little bit. But I mean, in reality, there are so, you know there are some new voices that have been blogging for maybe three, five, seven years now that have haven't been able to break into this space, 
And, you know, it was time for somebody to kind of help identify and celebrate them and be a a voice of, of the, of the people and and bring that together. So that's kind of like why I, you know, put this out to the world and how it came to be. So I just kind of had a thought. It was probably like sometime after one of the lists, other lists came out and everybody was complaining that it was very, you know, the same list over and over again. And there weren't that many women and there weren't that many people who uh, identified as non-white and it, you yeah. know, it made a lot of people upset to see that list over and over again. And I just thought, you know what? That if if other people had a say in what the list would look like, if the whole industry as a whole could pick what the like who would be on the list, what that would look like, it would probably be completely different. And I sent out a, a tweet saying, you know, is this something that people would want? And very clearly and very quickly, the answer was yes. Um, uh-huh. so that, so I just started, I put out a nomination form and I said, you tell me who needs to be on this list, the most inclusive HR influencer list. And yep. we saw over 200 nominations for people all over the world. And that's how the list came to be. Yeah. Which was a very different, just that in itself was a, a different way of, uh, of, of determining somebody who's an influencer by saying to the public who is it that you that you're influenced by who do you follow who do you read who do you listen to who do you keep an eye on that just that in itself was a little bit different than company A sitting in a room somewhere and coming up with a bunch of people type of thing so that whole crowdsourced yeah, and- aspect of it was different yeah, and I think it was super appreciated too because I and I and I also wanted to give people a way to kind of say, look, like I'm putting in the work, I want to be on this list, and I feel like more often than not, like you know, people and especially in our space don't want to be the one to give themselves a pat on the back, even though they deserve it. And this was a great way for somebody to say, you know what, I've been blogging and, you know, somebody else may not be recognizing my work, but I want, like, I want this. Like, I want to be, you know, heard in the space. I want to be uh-huh. a part of this community. And and so I had a lot of people nominate others, but I also had some people nominate themselves. And um, it always started off with the email this feels really weird to do, but I'm really happy I got the opportunity to do it. So um, I said, it's okay. It's fine. Like, if this is what it's about. Like, raise your hand. Say you're doing good work. That's what this is about. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We're, um, think- we're about halfway through the show, so let me do a, just a real quick reset here. Um, you're listening to Drive Through HR um, with your hosts, Mike and Robin, and our guest, Nicole Garati, uh, talking about the most inclusive HR influencer list. Um, so, Mike, I believe you have a, a question for Nicole. I, I did. I did. Uh, I know it's in the sh- kind of some information on it's in the show notes, but um, you know, there's there's a lot of discussion about influencers and all all uh, not just in the HR space anymore. A lot of discussion about influencers with retailers and promoting brands and all kinds of different things. Um, but McCall, you had some, you had like some minimum standards that you set for what you, I guess, what your definition on your list for what an influencer is. Can you kind of run us through what that criteria was? Yeah. So um, the, the 
the qualifications to be on the list were very minimal. I, I wanted to ensure brands that the people on the list had some sort of following, but I didn't want it to be um, um, something unattainable to the people who worked so hard to grow their influence and establish their brands online. Um, so the, the standards were pretty minimal. We required uh, 1,500 followers on a single platform, and it could have been any a platform of choice. So it could have been Twitter or LinkedIn or, or even YouTube or anything. Um, just 1,500 followers. They had to be current in the space and talking about HR topics. Um, so if the person was either retired or getting ready to retire or, you know, once was an influencer, but in the space, but isn't anymore. Um, those people were, were not, did not meet the qualifications. Um, so we you know, really basic though, 1500 followers on a single platform and then current and, and HR focused in some capacity. Okay. So, so it, vir virtually anybody that had been in social media or were talking on a blog for a while, seems like, you know, unless they just started a couple of weeks ago, almost anybody could could make the list. Um, and you said there were, uh, I forgot, did you just say there were 200 people on the list? I didn't actually go look at the list recently. <laughs> yeah, there, we had 200 nominations. Not everybody qualified, but there Got are it. just over 150 people on the list right now. And um, okay. I was going to mention this later when we do, so I have two planned updates for 2020 of the list. Um, okay. So one, the list 2.0 will be uh, completed in April and then in 2020, and the list 3.0 will be in October of 2020 around the conference time like Unleash and Sherm and then, of, of course, the HR Tech Conference. Um, so we have two updates planned, and um, I totally for forgot where I was going with this, but we, we, we're really <laughs> excited. We have two. We have two uh, updates planned, and, and we, we're still accepting nominations. We'll be accepting nominations forever because this is something that the industry really needs, and, and it will keep going on, you know, forever and ever. And if you didn't qualify the first time or you weren't nominated the first time, submit a nomination. Um, keep working on it. You know, the, everybody – I know that Jenny Stone didn't qualify at first, and she – said, hey, I, this is, you know, my goal to be on the list. Help me get the follower count. And she did. The whole community kind of rallied around her, and she was able to do it. So if that's you, do the same thing. Um, be like Jenny. She was great, and she adds such, like, life and, and kind of a fun personality to the list in the HR influencer community. So um, just some thoughts. <laughs> okay. Um, and I know you're going to say it later, but let's just for now, since we just talked about nominating or at nominating people or yourself, where would people go to do that? Yes. Yeah, so go to um, the nomination form and the list are both on my website, socialmccole.com. Um, there's a, an actual section uh, as part of my, my website and blog, uh, the most inclusive HR influencer list. And then there will be a drop down with the actual list itself and the nomination form. It's really easy to find if you have problems, just, uh, send me a message on Twitter and we'll help you sort it out. out. Um, and just for the record, because I get questions about this all the time, my name is Nicole with an M as in Mary. So it's <laughs> social Nicole, M-I-C-O-L-E. Okay, cool. Um, back to the, back to the, the sort of script. Um, so HR influencer, um, I, I'm, you know, like, kind of wonder what that looks like um, and what the state of influencers in the HR space is right now based upon the work that you're doing with people and, and consulting and other things. 
kind of interested in hearing your take on that. Yeah, so the state of influencers is kind of changing. I actually just um, earlier this month posted a, a 2020 trends and predictions post on this topic. Um, and in the post, I mentioned some really cool things, and I'll talk about it here. Um, but it's kind of changing. So uh, one, spend will increase. I know that many people in the space are predicting that influencer spend will increase from $8 billion to $15 billion in the next several years. Um, we're also expecting, and this is my hope for the industry, like I love influencer marketing and third-party marketing as a whole, but I really want to see the end of influencer campaigns. And what I mean by that is I want brands to start thinking about influencers as one, strategic partners that can support the entire business, but I also want brands to start thinking about influencers as how they can support ongoing marketing efforts and not just like an Instagram story that goes away in 24 hours. Um, so my, my hope is, is that it becomes more holistic and it becomes more strategic and more embedded throughout the organization and the marketing processes as opposed to just influencer marketing campaigns. Um, and I'm also predicting that, you know, with – uh, you know, resources like the most inclusive HR influencer list. I, I'm hoping to see brands embrace more um, micro or emerging influencers, um, people that don't necessarily have 10 or 15 or 20,000 followers, but people who really want to work with brands, have a really unique perspective, write pretty well, have um, really engaged followers. Like, so, you know, I, I really want to see brands starting to work with those people that just you know, everyone loves and, and is excited to work with. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I hmm, sorry, trying to formulate a question in my head. So what, no, what okay. is a typical, what does a typical HR, I, I don't know if there is such a thing, which is maybe why the question is a little foggy. What does a typical HR influencer look like? And what is it that you would normally see them do in partnership with a brand in the HR space? Ooh, um, okay, so a typical HR influencer, it, it's interesting because HR influencer can be a variety of things in practice. So I think that the misconception is, is that an HR influencer is a blogger. But an influencer is just somebody that has influence. So it could be anyone from an analyst to a blogger to um, somebody that runs an industry publication. Like all of those people are considered um, influencers because they have influence online and offline. So, um, so, and that's kind of why I'm pushing back and saying, like, I don't think that the influencer marketing campaign, as most people do it today, is really going to be a thing moving forward because I think that as brands figure out, like, okay, influencer means more than blogger. It could be anybody from, like, a Sarah Brennan who really helps people with, with product strategy and business strategy to anybody like um, podcasters like you guys or um, – even, you know, John and Wendy who have their podcasts, it's like it, it just, there's so many different um, ways to kind of classify an influencer. But I think that yeah. the, the, at, at the top, it's really just somebody who has influence and who has a, a voice that is, you know, either somewhat or actually, you know, not actually, but, you know, somewhat noticeable or, you know, even more so noticeable. Okay. Um, when when brands um, 
when brands make the decision um, to partner with a, a particular influencer or a group of influencer group of influencers, what what are some of the things that brands, you know, I'm company ABC. Um, what should I look for? Um, you know, what yeah. is, what advice do you give that brand when they're kind of making that decision? Yeah. So the same, you know, I, I, my goal, and I, and I really hope that brands start to kind of think about influencers as strategic partners. So the same way that you would think about a strategic partner, I really hope that brands take that similar, you know, vetting process to the influencers to say, does this person have the same values as me? Do they complement my brand well? Are they talking about topics that we're, we are or want to be talking about? Like those are all questions. Do I trust this person with my brand? And it doesn't have to be the end all be all. You can just say, do I trust them to talk about this with us in a blog post? Do I trust them to talk about this in a white paper? Or do I trust them to come on board and do a focus group? You know what I mean? It could be like um, limited trust or a large amount of trust, but but just think about how you would vet a strategic partner, and that's how we should be yeah. considering um, influencers. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, it's um, the, the influencer that's approached um, – you know, obviously needs to make the right call if they want to work with that brand or not. I've, I know I, I personally over the years have had some, you know, brands approach me, hey, you know, we're interested in partnering with you, you know, to write, write blog posts with us or, you know, whatever. And there have been, there have been some occasions where I've responded back to that, to that company and said, yeah, you know, I I you know, I'm aware of you. I know what you do. Um but and I said it in a very nice way, but I've kind of been um I kind of I don't necessarily agree with how you're promoting your product in a particular case. Um because I and if you would have researched me a little bit more, you would have seen where I've kind of made fun of what you're trying to sell. So I'm probably not a good fit for you you know, wish you the best, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm probably not <laughs> going to work with you. So, you know, it does, it does kind of go both ways. And yeah, I think that brand has to perhaps do a little bit deeper vetting sometimes, or know that that person they're approaching is, you know, hopefully going to say, yeah, I really, I really don't, um, I don't think we're a good fit. <laughs> so I'm sure. you, know, you know what, that, I, this is crazy. Um, I have a bunch more questions. And it's we've got three minutes left. I'm not trying to shut down yep. the conversation, but like I'm sitting here thinking about like you know how do you work with you know like anyway, we need to do another show, Nicole. <laughs> in a couple yeah. months, I, I have like a whole other I have another half an hour at least that I could talk to you about. <laughs> um, so a, a couple of here's what I was thinking real quickly. A couple of examples, uh, and Robin, you mentioned you know call you individually or or this show. People reach out to us all the time pitch us to do different things and you know like in 30 seconds the best way you can get us with drive through hr to work with you is to be a good a good guest um with a topic or something interesting to talk about we're not that interested in interviewing people with books or who are obviously trying to sell a new product or something like that because it's not what we do we try to help hr practitioners I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, Robin, but that if you want to work with drive through, that's yep. one of the big criteria in my mind. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, that's it. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Hundred um, percent. 
I, before we uh, before we let people know where to get a hold of you, Nicole, I know we did want to um, make a little bit of a reference to um, one of your sponsors that you have. So tell us about um, the sponsorship piece that you've got going on so far with with um, with the project. Yeah, so I'm really excited to uh, share. I, I've said this a, a couple of times before, but I'm really excited to share my. Uh, the, my sponsor, Ultimate Software. Um, I mentioned them earlier in the show because I, that's you know where I interned and got my feet wet into the world of HR and um, where I met you guys. And um, I just love them, what them and what they're doing so much. And, and I've been partnering specifically with um, Cecile's HCM Innovation Team, which is doing some really cool stuff in the world of diversity and inclusion. Um, Mike, I know you're a part of their Equity at Work Social Room mm-hmm. LinkedIn group. And they're, um, I just love the conversations that they're having there. Um, so if you, you know, have any questions, definitely check it out. Join their LinkedIn group. Um, they're really just forward thinking, future of work thinking, and um, diversity and inclusion thinking. And I, I just love working with them on, on this kind of topic. I, love it. Um, I also wanted to give a separate shout out. So did I say that we, I think I already said this to you, that we're, up, we're doing two updates of the list. So yeah. Um, Definitely April and October submit nominations, join our ambassador program to kind of get exclusive uh, kind of insights into the conversations related to HR and influencers that we're having. Um, So join that ambassador program on my site too. So, all right. (laughs) And we are, um, we are out. So I'm going to give us an outro here. Everybody go check out socialmecole.com. Follow her on Twitter at socialmecole. Um, and just Google her, and you'll find her for the um, influencer list. And uh, we got to do some outro music here. So thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Mike. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, Nicole. Bye. Thank you. Bye.